at first he said, well, they, if they want to have a day for the indigenous peoples, they should choose some date that was special on their calendar, some great thing that happened in their history. I said, I said, Chris, this truly is indigenous people's day yeah. because on this day, we can say that the greatest thing that ever happened to these people took place. And that is Christ was brought to them. This is the greatest day in their history. Um, and, and so we can rejoice in this gift that Christopher Columbus brought, uh, the gift of Christ and the possibility of salvation. Amen. We're talking with Father Hezekiah Carnazzo of the Institute of Catholic Culture. We're talking about Christopher Columbus and his legacy. Was he uh, truly an evil colonialist? Was he a Catholic evangelist? Was he a sinner? Maybe a little bit of both. Um, you know, and I, I think the story of Christopher Columbus has largely gone underestimated in, uh, in education, Catholic education or secular education. I remember uh, history was always my favorite subject growing up as a kid. And I remember here, you know, Columbus sailed the, you know, the ocean blue in 1492. I remember that, but you don't remember anything significant about him, uh, necessarily from those days. And now the learning is actually quite the opposite direction of they perpetuate all manner of evil he enslaved six uh, indians and brought them back in chains to uh, to spain turns out to be not true as a matter of fact but um one of the things uh that i want to sort of put on the table for our conversation is his true intention and motivation um you know at the time one thing i'd fail to mention is uh, Pope Alexander VI, who was elected, you know, a week after his uh, departure, had actually divided the Atlantic Ocean into two halves, one for half for the Portuguese and the other half for the Spanish. Well, the Portuguese got the southern trade, and they, so they would go around the Cape of Good Hope, uh, that they're the ones who named that, by the way, and so they can make their way to India to trade with the east. That left Spain with the only option of going west. By the way, the Portuguese were sneaking across the line to go to Brazil, just saying they were breaking at that rule. But uh, that left only the west. And Columbus, on his journey to England and to Iceland, noticed the trade winds and the currents. And as a skilled navigator, he was able to uh, see that information and go, guess what? I can go west and get back. That was the theory. <clears throat> but what were his true motivations? Was it gold, Father Hezekiah? Did he just want to find new slaves and more gold and and consumable products to bring back to enrich enrich and ingratiate the uh, Spanish crown? Yeah, this is this is what we hear. He's some kind of megalomaniac. His one desire is money, 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 money. He wanted to get rich, and he didn't care about people. And that's the story they tell of us. The fact is quite the opposite. We know from his own writings that his primary goal um, in in opening up these trade routes was to bring yes, bring a uh, 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 funding to Spain for one purpose, and that was to uh, launch a new crusade to retake the Holy Land, Jerusalem, so that people could go to the holy sites where our Lord rose from the dead and pray. This was his primary purpose, to open up the possibility for people to pray at the holy sites in Jerusalem. I have a, a letter here dated March 4th, 1493. Joe, is it okay if I share these, this quotation? Yeah, please do. He says, writing to uh, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella, who, by the way, we have to have great respect for the, for the King and Queen of Spain at this time. These are some of the greatest monarchs in the history of Christendom, 
uh, locally regarded as saints in themselves, as Christopher Columbus was by many people. Um, and uh, and it, it was because of their great love for the Catholic faith that they were willing to, 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 to fund this possibility. If Christopher Columbus was very clear with them, that he wanted to bring funding so that that funding could be spent on opening up a new crusade, opening up a road to Jerusalem for prayer. And that was their purpose, and it was his purpose. So here's the, here's the letter, dated uh, March 4th, 1493. He says, in seven years from today, writing to, the, to King Ferdinand, Queen Isabella, in seven years from today, I will be able to repay your highnesses for 5,000 cavalry and 50,000 foot soldiers for the war and conquest of Jerusalem, mm. for which purpose this enterprise was undertaken. Okay? Uh, it, it, and uh, I, we also have a letter, by the way, that he wrote to uh, Pope Alexander VI. Uh, not sure exactly whether whether as actually sent or not, but we have he wrote this. He says, this enterprise was undertaken for the purpose of expending what was invested in aiding the, the Holy Temple and the Holy Church. His his mission here, and really, uh, we can we can we can imagine the boats that he was sailing with were like a, a floating pilgrimage in themselves. Daily prayer, vespers sung, all of the men gathered together to be strengthened by turning to the Lord, His Blessed Mother, singing the Salve Regina. Mm. To imagine them going across the ocean. Not knowing, right, leaving the shore behind, and not knowing if they would, they would ever, that they would live to tell the story. Yes, and, and salty sailors that weren't as sold yeah. out for the Catholic faith or, or or for his good intentions too. That's that's right. That's right. And wh- where did they turn for strength and hope? Not to s- enslaving people. That is a complete lie. They turned to Jesus. Amen. That they might be strengthened. Okay? And uh, so so again, again, the truth the truth will set you free. Right, Joe? Amen. And and the fact is <laughs> it, if we turn to the actual writings of Columbus, yeah. his diaries and so forth, we find we find a man that is totally dedicated to the Catholic faith, is filled with piety, a man of prayer, a man that loves the scriptures. But yeah. we don't hear this in the modern media today, and that's no, the tragedy that we're being lied to. I, I, Adrian, I know you got a comment there. Real quick, though, I just want to clarify. He was headed west in hopes of finding China so that he could negotiate a deal with the Great Khan, baptize the Great Khan, make him an ally so that they could attack Jerusalem from two sides so they can take back Jerusalem and the Holy Sepulchre for Christianity against the Muslims. That was his motivation. He knew the gold could help pay for that. But uh, I like in reading his ship's log how, like at one point where he's exploring some of the Bahama Islands, he finds uh, an indigenous person who has a broken down boat, and he takes him on board his ship and acts like an Uber driver to help get, help the guy <laughs> get where he's got to go. It's in his ship's logs. It's fascinating. You know, he is extending gr- uh, charity to a person he never met before, couldn't speak the same language, and he does so on, on several occasions. 
Mm-hmm. Adrian Fonseca. Yes, I was uh, thinking about the same thing. I was thinking about how he was, because uh, one of the common objections in, in the chat, uh, someone had brought up um, how uh, he treated the indigenous people. And I just wanted to point out how Christopher Columbus specifically told his men whenever he went back on his voyage back home that he, they were to treat the uh, natives with uh, kindness and not to enslave them and to not even employ them. Um, and then whenever they were employed, he demanded that they be paid as citizens of the crown. Um, and okay. Then, and, you- and further than that, the six people that went back in chains mm-hmm. that they say uh, went back in chains were actually not sent back in chains. Exactly. Those people were uh, one of the people that was sent was the son of the chief of right. the tribe and yeah. ended up becoming Christopher Columbus's godson. So let me clarify that real quick too and there's several points here I want to address before we say goodbye to our radio audience and stay on the live video feed for another half hour with Father Hezekiah from the Institute of Catholic Culture. We're talking about Christopher Columbus. A couple of points that you bring up and I want to bring up too uh, about some of maybe the potential faults, uh, the downsides of Christopher Columbus that we can talk about here. But yeah, it's true. He, uh, of the six he brought back, there was more, according to his diary, more that wanted to go, but he didn't have room because he, uh, he let the, uh, Santa Maria be a, uh, run aground by a young guy. He was trying to get some rest and he gave the ship over. He's like, all right, you're in charge. I'm sleeping. And then the, the young kid ran aground and they lost the ship. They only had two boats left and those boats were smaller. He ended up leaving men behind in order to go back to Spain and he barely made it back. It was only through through God's grace and his capability as an excellent seaman, uh, that he was able to avoid smashing into the rocks, uh, making it uh, his way back. Of the six Indians that went back, of the native peoples, the indigenous peoples, they were all baptized, and uh, their godparents was Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand. And here's the real catch. Christopher Columbus knew, and Father Hezekiah, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, he knew that baptized persons cannot be enslaved. Fifty years before Columbus sailed, guess what? The Pope outlawed baptized people from being enslaved. And so baptized persons could not be enslaved. Those six were uh, were baptized. Two decided to stay in Spain. The rest made their way back, and one died along the way. He had excellent relations with the Indians that he came across in his voyages. And the records, the his diaries, the encounters, he he had just, he lavished this, like, like sort of this, like, it was like a love note between him and the, uh, and the Indians that he wrote about in his logs and his diaries. He was just very affirming and, uh, and, uh, and gracious to them. Father Hezekiah, anything wrong with anything there? No, Joe, I mean, the thing is, we have to remember that that by all evidence, this man, there's an old title. A lot of people don't, you know, we talk here about doctors of the church and so forth. Like there's an old title given to some saints, and it's called Equal to the Apostles. Okay? And, and I think this is a title that's very fitting to Christopher Columbus. Because it, it, look, look what he, his, his goal, to baptize, but he brought salvation, the possibility of salvation to untold numbers of people. Uh, and, and and for this, his his reputation is is maligned, um, and 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 lied about. You're you're absolutely right, Joe. And and the, the these details you're giving us are historical fact, um, and and we have to be careful when we're when we're listening today and we see on TV and so forth. I, I suggest people throw the television out honestly because we're just being is a bunch of nonsense being told to us on there, um, but. Why aren't they telling the actual historical truth of what he did? 
that it was Christ which was his guiding light in everything that he did. Um, and and the, the other thing they're going to try to paint is that oh that the Catholic Church is evil and that the and that the uh, king and queen of of Spain are somehow in in collaboration with this to enslave all these people. You know, Christopher Columbus, by all evidence, was not a great governor. And when he was appointed as governor, he was a, a, eventually removed. Removed by Catholic... In chains. King and queen. In chains. Yes? So the person brought back in chains was Christopher Columbus. Yes. Not the original six that he brought back uh, with him. And then he was exonerated. Yeah, so. Okay, but this is one of my big... I mean, okay, I, I, we, we, we said this earlier. He's not a saint. He's a sinner, just like you and me. And that's true. He is a sinner like me. You can call my wife. She'll tell you all about it. However, I don't like giving him a pass as a result of just saying that. I don't like letting him off the hook all the time just because he's a sinner like me. Um, to those who are given much, much is expected, This would be my response. Okay, he was a leader of men. And it seemed to me, and I could be totally off base here. But it seemed to me that he enjoyed exploring, or maybe it was just the, the less, the low-hanging fruit, lesser of the two difficulties to go, listen, I'm done babysitting you, you salty sailors. I'm going to go exploring and I'll be back. N- then his men would be left to their own wiles and atrocities were committed while he, while he was away. And in fact, some scholars believe that, I think uh, Carol Delaney in her book, I think she mentions this, she believes that Columbus basically took the Franciscan habit as penance for the crimes of his sailors. Um, with only a few minutes left in our radio broadcast, and I still want to give a plug to the ICC, uh, what say you, Father Hezekiah? That, that certainly is true, Joe, that, um, but we also, I think we impose our modern sensibilities upon a different era and a different age um, and, and realize that, um, that Christopher Columbus is part of salvation history. And part of salvation history is the purification of our hearts, drawing closer to him. Um, and, and the virtuous life which we seek takes not only a lifetime, but it, it takes salvation history. It takes the, 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 the movement of the world. Now, you know, I was, I was thinking over the last couple of days about this passage in Galatians um, chapter 4, verse 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons in the fullness of time. And we can say, we can, we can certainly uh, understand that Christopher Columbus wasn't a perfect governor. Mm. Maybe some some atrocities were committed by his uh, fellow men, um, and yet we have to see his life in the context of salvation history, in which God is bringing salvation to the whole world. And having, as I said before, having been freed from this the oppression of the Muslims in Spain, then the love of Christ burst out of Spain. In the hands of Christopher Columbus, in the person of Christopher Columbus, in some ways, an incarnation of this love of God, um, and uh, and and yes, uh, certainly it has all of the marks of our fallen human nature, and yet look at the results and yeah. the baptisms which took place and the salvation which was possible. You know, we're running out of time here, but he he basically begged, he begged Isabel, he begged the Pope 
send priests. Don't send soldiers. Right. Send priests and baptize right. these good people. He spoke so lovingly and so beautifully about the indigenous people. He thought they were beautiful, intelligent, kind, and he said, send priests. These people are ripe to become Christians. And again, he knew baptized persons could not become slaves, so it was not his goal. Um, we're going to pause that. We'll take up the conversation again in the after show when we sign off the radio, but with two minutes on the clock, Father Hezekiah, give us the pitch for Institute of Catholic Culture. Yeah, I want to invite everyone to come out and check us out, instituteofcatholicculture.org. Uh, we are a full-time adult faith formation uh, uh, opportunity, um, and uh, we have uh, courses going on all the time in philosophy, in history, in uh, theology, scripture, catechetics, and it's all free of charge. You know, very much like uh, Christopher Columbus, right? But to bring Christ free of charge to those he encountered. And so on this on this this great day in which we remember this great man, I encourage your participants to come check us out at instituteofcatholicculture.org. We are all called to be evangelists, to spread the good news, to bring salvation to those around us as Christopher Columbus did. So I invite you to come check us out. And we've got on our website now, just posted in the last hour, a program by Christopher Check from, the, from Catholic Answers uh, on the true story of Christopher Columbus. So come take a look. Institute of Catholic Culture dot org. Institute of Catholic Culture dot org. I am a big fan. Have been for a very long time. I had friends, uh, good friends, who graduated from Christendom, and they were the first to tip me off years ago, years ago, about the ICC. And uh, back in those days, you hadn't. You were just getting into videos. Everything was audio, and I would binge on uh, on all of these. Doctor Marshner in particular, but there was just all these great lectures. Uh, and then especially when you start doing stuff on history, not just the Reformation, Marshner's an expert in the Reformation period, but, uh, but really on, uh, like other subjects, you know, the Ottoman Empire and the fall of Constantinople and just so many great lectures. And it's all solid, all really good and free of charge. It's a winner all day long. And you can share this information with your kids, your family. Highly recommend it. Uh, go to the website, Institute of Catholic Culture. Uh, Father Hezekiah, would you provide us with your priestly blessing before we say goodbye to our radio audience? Sure. Blessed is our God at all times, both now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. The blessing of the Lord and his mercy be upon you through his grace and love for mankind at all times, both now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Father Hezekiah Skarnazzo, thanks for being on with our radio audience. Stay there. We'll be back in a minute for the after show, which is the live video feed on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Just search for us at GRN Online. If you want to comment, go to facebook.com forward slash GRN Online, and you'll find the live video there. You can comment there. Maybe we might read that on the air. But we're going to stay on for another half hour discussing the topics of the show and much more in the after show. We're very grateful to you for being a part of the Guadalupe Radio Network family. Have you downloaded the mobile app? It is a fantastic tool. Search your iOS or Android. Just look for the Guadalupe Radio Network. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And take Jesus wherever you go. 
Hi, this is Norma Duane with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My husband, Bob, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your current mortgage rate, payment, or term, we can be reached at 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender in MLS 12901. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. 